Welcome to the Business Intuition Podcast, the place where you can learn to trust your intuition to make business decisions without having to meditate for hours, wear crystals, or give up on coffee or wine. You don't have to leave your IQ at the door. Embrace intuitive intelligence to create a business that lights you up and finally experience the success that you deserve. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Intuitive Revolution in Business. I want to wish you a happy Monday. Uh, It's not actually um, coincidence that my podcast goes out on a Monday because these are always been have always been my favorite days, Mondays. It's the start of a fresh week. Uh, I'm lucky that most of my life, even though sometimes I have lived in my zone of excellence rather than my zone of genius, and we'll come to it in a minute, because this is uh, what we're going to talk about with regards to the book review today. But it's always been a pleasure for me to go to work. I never had to drag my feet. And for this, I will say I'm incredibly grateful because I know I'm part of a very small, lucky minority. So today we are going to review... Um, the book by Gay Hendricks, who I interviewed last week, uh, called The uh, Genius Zone. Now, I never know if it's called Genius Zone or, yeah, it is The Genius Zone or The Zone of Genius. And um, I have been, now, this is a book I need to tell you that is uh, very powerful as long as you do the exercises, which is what I've done. So um, if you decide to buy a copy of this book, Please stop whenever um, he suggests to do uh, some hands-on activity and do the activity because that's how you're going to get the most out of the book. So you might have noticed this is actually the third book by Gay Hendricks that I review on the podcast. The first one was The Corporate Mystics, which is one of my favorites because it reveals how Um, there are some mystics within the corporate world. And I think we need to know that. And had I known that when I was younger, maybe I wouldn't have left the corporate world, but I'm definitely ready to go back into it to bring that magic and to light up people so that they can uh, bring some more goodness where they are rather than having to leave the corporate world like I had to. So um, then I reviewed The Big Leap, which is um, the classic that Gay um, introduced to the business world. And his background is in psychology. So it's quite interesting to see that psychology was embraced thanks to this book and his experience, because um, this book is, is based on the experience of him as a consultant, as a business consultant which wasn't his um, and it isn't his core business, really. Um, I talked about it last week with him, but also um, I've discovered through his books that initially his biggest or his niche was to help people live consciously, um, focus on their breath and and create conscious relations or conscious love, starting with the self. But you can see probably uh, that this is really important for us as entrepreneurs because we are often the heart and the face of our businesses. So if we don't love ourselves as we are and if we uh, don't want to be visible, 
And if we have dysfunctional relationships, especially romantic relationships, but not only in the background, this is going to have a massive impact on our business. So I think Gay's work is really all around um, very useful for entrepreneurs. And I will say myself, uh, having had, um, well, you probably or maybe not know that I'm coming out of a 20-year-old marriage where, um, I mean, my ex-husband supported me in some ways in my businesses, but not actually to the extent that, um, um, well, maybe not to the maximum. I don't want to criticize him. But let's just say that in contracts, since I've been uh, single and it's now been three months, um, I've seen a massive change in my business. Now, of course, I'm dealing with the marriage breakup, which is taking a lot of my energy, especially since we have children together and everything needs to be revisited. But at the same time, it's created this big space for me to step in, to love myself, uh, to embrace my own zone of genius. And reading this book has been just um, perfect timing. So what's the difference between the big leap and the zone of, and the genius zone? So in the, in the words of Gay himself, the big leap is about how to get in your zone of genius, whereas the zone of genius, uh, the genius zone is about how to stay there. And he, he gives us ample um, tools that I believe he has been um, gifting people who came to his workshops. And when he got to full capacity on his workshops and not really wanting to run them anymore, he decided to cram it all in a book, which is very fortunate for us who can't make who couldn't make it live to his his workshops. He has a concept which I think is really good, where he says that once you step into your genius zone, it's like a spiral that pulls you upwards. So you want to start getting on that spiral and see how, uh, how you can move into this zone where you will be doing what you love the most whilst having the maximum impact on the world. And that's definitely something that I want to have. But this takes on our part a willingness to do a few things. One of these things he calls the genius move, which is basically when you have a moment of unhappiness, you identify the cause, the root cause of it. You take a few steps to um, almost use that negativity as a springboard to um, to get into the genius zone. And I think that's that's really, really powerful. So I'm gonna go more into the details of the book, but this is the, the main message of the book. And, and he says that this goal can be um, of spending as much time in your genius zone, uh, steps from um, ending negative thinking, or at least a sharp, a sharp decrease of it, and increasing the flow of authentic creativity. Okay. And he, um, he asks us to explore what he calls wonder questions, which is, which is really wonderful in the true sense of wonder, as in, uh, you know, that spirit of curiosity and seeing miracles everywhere you look, because it makes you look at life in a completely different way. What I like what he says as well in his book is that after you live in the zone of genius for a while, it lives in you. What he says first is that, that your genius wakes up before you do. So if you pay attention when you get up and you stay open to being inspired by your own genius, then you can create a brand new day, um, which I think is wonderful too.
I will say probably if I had to encapsulate the whole book in one one word, it's the word of joy. How can you bring more joy into your life? And what he says is that the journey to incorporate more joy into your life will probably have many twists and turns because we have, and this is going back to the second book that I reviewed, the, the, the Big Leap, we have a limited capacity for happiness, joy, success, health, et cetera, et cetera. And I actually experienced that twice um, since um, interviewing Gay. First, like literally on the back of into interviewing him, I felt um, over the moon. I had achieved something that I never thought I would um, because he's quite got hard to get um, hold of. And yet I couldn't enjoy the pleasure of interviewing him. And I probably had one of the worst um, mindset days after into interviewing him because my mind kept on saying, this doesn't mean anything. This is not going to bring success to your business. What are you fooling yourself about? You're a complete failure, bloody, bloody, blah. And if you have one of those voices in your mind, uh, welcome to the club. It's absolutely normal. And you just have to live with it. So I had one of these moments where I, let's call it my ego, tried to bring me back down to my normal level of happiness, which was <laughs> not very high, let's say, or at least it has a limit. Okay. And then the second time it happened was after I, I mean, I'm making a new friend at the moment. Uh, and it's quite interesting because it's a male friend and I haven't had male friends in a very, very long time. And I was just happy thinking that there was someone out there, someone new that I could discover a new relationship that perhaps would be based on different, um, a different energy set point than my previous relationships where I just felt really, really happy. And I had a spring in my step and it lasted for about two to three days. And then my mind um, just slammed me down again because I was experiencing a level, a level of joy and happiness that I hadn't experienced before. And you know what? Your mind will think it's dangerous, even though it can be the most wonderful thing in the world. And that's because it always thinks, okay, don't be too happy because it might not last. And so it brings you down before you can ride the whole wave of that happiness. So it's almost like you sabotage yourself before uh, the, the world is going to sabotage you because you believe that it's going to happen anyway. And, you know, this is how we avoid doing certain things like writing books, because if we don't write our book, then we we're not a failure because um, we haven't been rejected by a publisher, for example, which is something that's happened to me so many times that, you know, I got almost used to it. But what he also says, and that's why it's worth making that effort to try and push those boundaries of happiness, success, health, you know, joy, is that the more time you spend in your genius zone, the luckier you get, okay? So he's asking us first to make a commitment, a heartfelt commitment to our, um, our zone of genius, okay? And it starts with committing to ending our negative thinking, and to liberating our true creativity. So this is the first hand-on um, you know, activity that I'm sharing here. And there's many more, but I, I promise you, these are really good. Just, so just do them as you, as you go along. I, I think you, you remember me mentioning the fact that it has many twists and turns, this journey. And the first trap is that we're going to beat ourselves up 
getting off track. And I can tell you, this is typical of many things that if we decide to, for example, quit an addiction or um, release some weight or uh, get more tidy, more organized, there's bound to be a point where we come off the track because old habits tend to crop up again, especially when we don't pay attention anymore, especially new habits. So the first one of the first things to do is to let go of judgment and, and know that it's absolutely okay to sabotage and just love ourselves unconditionally for whatever we're doing at one point in time. Because if we judge ourselves, we get to keep that pattern. And we will also probably not be uh, honest about it, which means that we'll keep repeating it. So at this point, he encourages us to... Um, lean into the breath and and explains how the breath is is um in a tool to find out where your true emotions are because it sits between the conscious and the unconscious mind and it makes sense because if you think about it if you don't think about your breath it just does what it does but then you're breathing unconsciously whereas you can consciously control your breath to do certain things which is what people do when they do yogic breathing and all sorts of things but it's when you breathe unconsciously that you get the most feedback of how you're feeling because it's when your anger, for example, you're angry, sorry, or fearful that you stop breathing or you breathe in a different way. So one of the exercises he uh, asks us to do is to explore our breath. Okay? And it's very easy to find out if we're unhappy from the way we breathe. Now, there is... Um, there's a framework that he gives us, and this framework is the following. You will be presented with a lot of genius moments. In these genius moments, what's important is to take the genius move, and we'll talk about what that is exactly, to, because it's a gateway into your genius zone. That's a lot of genius in one sentence, isn't it? So what is a genius moment? Now, the genius moment is when we notice feelings of unhappiness. Very early on, Gay describes to us that the only reason we're unhappy is that we're trying to control something that we cannot control. So um, the very first hand-on activity is to make a list of what you can control and what you cannot control so that you're really clear. And, you know, I thought I'd done these exercises before and I thought I was clear about this, but actually I found it to be a very helpful exercise. So I'm gonna give you a couple of examples. Things that I cannot control is what people think of me. The economy, the environment, um, you know, you, the Unistorn that hits the UK uh, over the weekend. Um, COVID, price rises, what my kids want to do. The past, the future, how people drive on the road. All these things I cannot control. What I can control, on the other hand, is my breath, my thoughts, how I react to things, my own vibration, how I spend my money, how I spend my time, what I focus on, my mindset, my habits, how, to, how I react to other, what other people do, how I deal with my own emotions. And then I have a list now of things that I can do to increase my happiness. And this is just so good. 
Um, so this is the thing. So the first thing is to identify a genius moment. And then from there, very naturally, he's asking us to do the genius move. So he breaks it down into four to five steps. The genius move is, and he says that the genius move is in slow motion, which I think is really funny. You notice the unhappiness. You then identify what you're doing to control something that belongs to things that cannot be controlled. And you approach um, that identification with curiosity. You might not get the answer right away, but it's, it's important to just pause, take stock. Even if you can't identify it, what you do next is you declare that it's out of, out of your control. And then you think of something positive that you can do to do right away. This is, I think, number five is probably the thing that I didn't think of thinking when I was doing my mindset stuff, because all the rest is no big news for me. But to know, to immediately do a little something. And it's really funny because I've been doing the genius move without knowing I was doing it. But knowing now what the process is, is going to help me spend more and more time in my genius zone. And I hope it is going to help you do the same. Now, what Gay says to us is that the reason why we're trying to control other people is because we have fear in us. So we also need to let go of that fear. Um, now, I know it's easier said than done, but by identifying it and not resisting it and not denying it is actually a good way to let it go, let go of it. He's, uh, yeah, one of the exercises that I really love that he uh, shared at one point was to grab something and go, hold on to it tightly and then drop it on the floor and see the um, contrast of the experience in your arm from tension, which is what we experience when we hold our breath, when we come toward a situation. You know, with me separating from my husband, I have many of those moments where I wish he would act a different way. And I'm sure he would think the same of me, but I have no control over him. So letting go of that control, allowing him to do his thing, allowing me to do my thing and trusting that it's all going to pan out okay is, is definitely within the realm of the, the advice that that guy gives. And what's also super important is to let go of the outcome, okay? Now, a little word on negative thinking. It's, it's futile to try and stop it because if you if you try to stop it you actually increase it so what you need to know is that even negative thinking you have no control over it you just need to let it pan out then he can um he moves on into his book into talking about incomplete conversations and i thought that was also quite um an, an enlightening exercise Do you know when you have an argument with someone and I can think of many with my husband. You, if you have an incomplete conversation, if you don't really say what you want to say because you're holding back or because you're afraid of the reaction of the other person, then in your mind, you continue that conversation forever. It's like a loop going on round and round, and it's actually exhausting. It's important, and that's what Gay invites us to do, is to tell the truth, even though 
it might be a difficult one to do, even though you might be afraid of the consequences. And I can think of many opportunities, many instances where I have told a small lie to someone because I was afraid, especially with my husband, because he used to get annoyed so easily by the smallest of thing. And so I got complacent and I started not telling the truth and it didn't feel good. It didn't feel right. And of course, you will realize that when you start telling the truth, people will not always jump for joy <laughs> when you do. And that's okay. That's what you have to live with. Okay. Now, he also mentioned something that I found really funny is that when we think about the fact, uh, you know, whether we want people to tell us the truth, we always say, yes, I want to know the truth. But when we have to think about telling the truth to others, very often we fool ourselves into thinking that they would prefer us not to tell the truth. That's what our mind does to us. It's not uh, not the reality. And you can see the discrepancy between how we apply it to others and how we apply it to us. It's really important to close that gap and to be completely consistent and honest. And there's no judgment here because, as I said, I've done it many times myself, especially with difficult people. And sadly, I have been surrounded by difficult people up to now. Uh, it's a wonderful thing that I'm not anymore. And it took a lot of courage to set, step away from that. But maybe you still have difficult people in your environment. And I, I mean, I had my mum. I divorced my mum two and a half years ago. And before that, I was constantly trapped in this um, cycle of not um, being afraid to tell her the truth because of the consequences. And it's so freeing not to have to do that anymore. So gay calls us on this pattern and ask us to commit to speaking honestly and listening mindfully. Now, the second part of the book is about embracing our creativity. He says that it starts with an inner space of making space both in our minds and in our lives to create um, a, what he calls a spacious playground for your creativity to, to thrive. And he talks about genuine wonder, which I think for me is um, the equivalent of creativity, a curiosity, sorry, not creativity. What it made me realize, though, is I had never paused to be grateful for my creativity ever before. And I was astounded because I am super creative. I've been a creative ever since I was a child. I know I can create stuff, especially arty stuff, uh, almost effortlessly, but I had never paused to be grateful for it. And maybe you haven't either. So this is my invitation. Then he asks us to uh, formulate some wonder questions. Wonder questions, as he defines them, are questions that have no right answers to them and take you into infinity. So this is the kind... Um, this is the kind of question that you can ask. Uh, what do I most passionately want to learn? And when I asked myself that question, I had an answer pretty quickly, uh, even though it's something that I've been trying to do for a long time. It's still there, dormant. It's still something that I want to do. So this is the way you ask the question. You ask um, a question that has no right answer to it. There can be many different answers. One of the questions I want to ask myself is how can I get more ready for a fulfilling um, and happy romantic relationship? 
because he talks a lot about creativity, he also talks about, you know, um, curating people around us that support our creativity. And that means also learning to say no, eliminating anyone in your life who doesn't support your creativity, which is very often the hardest thing to do because they're more likely to be the people we live with or our families rather than our friends. Uh, but then we need to realize that we have to, sometimes we choose that because we are afraid of our success. And so it's easier to surround ourselves with people who don't support our success. And this way, because we haven't tried, we haven't failed. But ultimately, what I love about um, Gay's book is that he focuses on how, how important it is to cultivate our capacity for joy. Okay. There is that little caveat of beware of feeling too good and know that your mind will try and bring you down like it has for me on, on several occasions. But that, that's okay. If you know that it's going to happen, then you can see it coming and you can deal with it. Uh, he also says that in order to spend more time in your zone of genius, you have to learn to delegate. And that's really not easy for us um, perfectionists who think that we can do things better than anyone else. And then the last, well, it's not exactly the last exercise, but um, he talks about genius markers. And that was also a very, very enlightening exercise for me. You basically ask yourself where you want to be in a year's time, in five years time and on your deathbed. And I know this is something that we do in business all the time, but by asking the question in a really simple way, I had some, um, some surprising answers and, and some wonderful ones. And then if you keep these in mind, um, when you make your daily choices, then you can get like his was to have a loving relationship because he came from a pattern of having um, unfulfilling relationship where he was, you know, he, he's not shy of describing what an idiot he was as well, which is quite refreshing. And it gives us hope to all of us that, you know, have that have our quirks and that sabotage our relationship that we can actually change our patterns for the better as long as we keep that spirit of cre uh, curiosity. Right. And then there's a couple of um, appendix, one which is really, really good, because I really believe that having unfinished business, um, it's part of the decluttering process, can really affect your energy and your joy. So he encourages you to make a list of all the unfinished business and starting uh, working on your list one by one and one by one. So um, that is, in a nutshell, a review of Gay's book. And if you want to be in your zone of Jesus in your business, which I think is really, really important so that you bring more energy of joy into what you do, I highly encourage you to um, read Gay's book. The, I mean, I've done both reading and listening to the audio. And because the audio is not read by Gay himself, I'm not saying that it's not as good, but I really prefer the big leap for that reason on audio. But do whatever you can do. The only, um, I suppose the only difficulty if you were listening on audio is that you would probably be doing something else. And then it's more difficult to stop to do the hands-on um, activities that he asks you to do. But overall, um, I thought it was a beautiful sequel for The, the Big Leap. 
And I will be looking forward to applying his simple system. But, you know, sometimes the most effective things are very, very simple. And um, if you've listened to Gay's uh, interview last week, you've seen what a man full of joy he is at 77 years old. And I honestly, uh, this is my goal as well. I just want to be full of joy and spending most of my time all of my time, why not, in my zone of genius. And I know what my zone of genius is, which is, um, which is a wonderful thing. If you don't know what your zone of genius is, uh, please reach out to me. Uh, maybe we can have a discovery call where we can have um, a little discussion on what it might be. Uh, I would love to support you on this process. Bye for now, and thank you so much. I'll see you again next week uh, with, I think, a Q&A. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs, and go on to my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.